You know, I got pretty excited when my next guest agreed to come on the show. After all, I watched him during my entire law enforcement career. Former police lieutenant Dave Smith. He's an internationally known speaker, writer, and law enforcement expert. And in 1980, he developed a popular Buck Savage video training series and was the lead instructor for Caliber Press's Street Survival Seminar from 83 to 85. He was also instrumental in developing Caliber Press's Timeless Tactical Edge Officer Survival Book. Now, Dave might have long since retired from law enforcement, but his message, his videos, and his experience will live on forever in the law enforcement community. You do not want to miss this episode with the one and only Dave Smith, a.k.a. Buck Savage, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Patrick here. Thank you for tuning in. We know you got many options, but you keep coming back, and that means so much to me. I appreciate it. Big shout-out to you, the criminal justice professional or first responder professional, I should have said. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, thank you for doing it. Remember this, don't buy into all the crap out there. Mainstream media, social media platforms, some of them that say you're worthless and you're not doing a good job and we need to defund and all this other crap. Keep doing the good job you're doing. Don't listen to that crap. That is just noise. Remember the vast majority of people out there support and love you Yes, they love you. Keep doing a great job. Remember, remember that always. And come home safe to your family and friends. It's a difficult time out there for first responders everywhere. The stuff that is going on in this country today, this assault against our brave men and women out there serving and protecting every day is unacceptable. And there's only so much you can take of that before you start to break, before you start to get depressed and isolated. Trust me, I know I was there. The hardest thing I ever did in my life was reaching out for help, and I'm so glad I did. If you're in that spot right now, please don't be afraid. Put your ego aside. Who cares what people think? You're doing it for yourself. Reach out to FHE Health today and get into their Shatterproof program for first responders. It saved my life, folks. No BS. I wouldn't BS you. It saved my life. It gave me the foundation, the tools to go forward and live my life. 844-650-1399. That's 844-650-1399. Or you can call me directly, 303-960-9819. Shatterproof program for first responders, FHE Health, where hope becomes healing. Now a message from my good friend, Jimmy Keefe. What makes Shatterproof a very unique program is it's one of the only programs in the country that first responders can go to that is 100% all first responders. Everybody's in pretty bad shape when they get here. And then 30 days later, when you can see the transformation and the difference in people when they've had 30 days uh, of counseling, working with therapists, working with a psychiatrist, getting the neuro treatment, doing the breath therapy that's done here. The transformation that happens with the clients is really humbling to be able to work around and see because people are getting better here. And it just shows that there's a need for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. 
They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. You know, as a law enforcement officer, we are constantly being presented with various forms of identification. And you're expected to positively ID the people you encounter. But today's counterfeit IDs are practically impossible to differentiate from real ones. Without the certainty of knowing their true identity, your confidence wanes as you contemplate the consequences of an incorrect assessment. You deserve the proper tools to ensure your safety and your community depends on you to protect them. Backup has arrived. SureScan puts the power to identify fake IDs with 99.9% accuracy right in the palm of your hands. It was created by an active law enforcement officer who understands the importance of checking IDs in a way that's simple, fast, and unquestionably accurate. Visit surescan.us forward slash cjevolution to schedule your demo and see how well SureScan Age ID can help you stay safe while you're protecting your community. Visit surescan.us forward slash cjevolution. Hello, everybody. I am very excited to have this next gentleman on the show, Dave Smith, former police lieutenant. He's an international, internationally known speaker, writer, and law enforcement expert. And you might know him, some of you listeners, as the one and only Buck Savage. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks a lot. It's great to be here. And I tell you what, I always enjoy you know, talking about law enforcement, any chance I get. And of course, with your background and experience, this is going to be fun. So ready well, to go. absolutely, sir. You know, I, I was telling you before we started, you know, I had the honor of uh, speaking with your wife uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she is a riot. She had we were laughing, I think, the entire time. Um, but I know she's the boss. She keeps you in line. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I wish I was this macho dude. Yeah, heck no, man. Uh, I, I wear the pants in this house, and uh, there's two pants in these houses. I'm telling you. It's, well, I remember, you know, runs. my mom. My mom had a, a plaque. You know, she'd since passed away. God rest her soul. But she had a plaque in the kitchen. You know, when we were kids, and it said one thing, Buck. It said, "If mom ain't happy, nobody's happy." And I remember, I remember that always truth, <laughs> truth, man. That's exactly right. So let's, you. let's talk. We were talking a little bit about it, Dave, how, um, you know, law enforcement obviously is changing so much. You know, you started in your career uh, a while ago, you, you put in the time honorably. Um, what are the, the big disparities that you think now, maybe that's too big of a question, but I'll ask you anyway. I mean, what do you think has changed so much in law enforcement than when uh, you got into it? You know, I, I, right off the bat, I have to say that it's not law enforcement, it's our country. And that's yeah. part of the, the core problem. Law yeah. enforcement has always cared about their community. Law enforcement, at least my experience. And I, Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, um, that's what I find so frustrating. There seems to be no one willing to tell or stand up to this uh, odd uh, intellectual cadre that constantly assumes the worst about us that look there, you know, we're not bull and bull Connor was one little area and one issue. And that was way back. And we are, and by the time you and I became law enforcement officers that we, we denigrated that kind of thing. We've always stood for the, all uh, the weak, all the helpless, all the communities is using code words there that everybody uses the community. Well, no, we it, law enforcement, 
has become so politicized now mm -hmm. that it's difficult for us in law enforcement to even focus on the principles and basics. You know, we used to, I, I you know, and again, I must say this, you guys, your generation was trained so much better than my generation. Mm -hmm. And these kids today are trained even better. We have these incredible simulators. We have all this stuff, but what's happening, we, we're de-emphasizing that kind of training because it's warrior training or some echoing code word off in the distance, you know, cue the reverb unit, warrior training is bad. <laughs> and you're like, wait, 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 wait. So then you have some states, you know, who have defined warrior. Well, it's denigrating human beings. Well, how's it number one, how's it no, denigrating? A couple of years ago, I posted on Facebook in my Facebook uh, is full of trainers, you know, all these guys, you know, I've been in, in the training community for decades and decades, you know, literally 40 years. Uh, I've been nationally, you know, running around, you know, and I got to tell you, these guys uh, are all going, we don't know what it is. We, we've never we've never heard of it. And they go, well, do you teach skills? Well, how is a skill? Wait. Wait, wait, first off, why is warrior bad? You know, what are you talking about? That's all over our culture. That's a you know, sheepdog. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All you know, sudden, you can't say that anymore. Word, you can't you can't word. say that anymore. That's that's yeah, somehow no, offensive. That's a, you're the Darth Vader of law enforcement <laughs> if you're a sheepdog, by God, you know. <laughs> and it's just amazing to me, you know. And you know, one of the things that I really want to talk about today is this. This how we've allowed ourselves to be demonized and, uh, and and allowed ourselves to be muted whenever we try to discuss or defend ourselves. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being a warrior, but then you hear these. Uh, uh, I don't know what to call them because I'm trying not to get woke or uh, have the woke canceling crowd hunt me down. But well, they hunt <laughs> I me down anyway, I guess what the heck they're hunting. Well, me down I think anyway. I think, you know, we talked about this. Dave, I mean, you know, I think the, it's become so politicized law enforcement where they're used as a political wing or tool uh, by a lot of politicians uh, out there. I, I, we talk, I mean, I remember growing up, it, it generally seemed and maybe I missed something like I said before we started, you know, law enforcement was pretty hands off. You, you generally had support from both sides of the aisle. Now it seems like it's just open war on the cops. And it, what amazes me is. Do you want to live in a society without first responders? Do you want to live in a society without cops? Sure, there are bad cops, but the overwhelming majority of the brave men and women who serve in some right. sort of law, and law enforcement capacity are good and they're honest and they're trying to do a very difficult job in a very difficult environment. And I, it just amazes me that, to, to your point, sir, I mean, that we've allowed ourselves to get to this point because it's not going to end up good. It's, it's, it's not going to end up good. The same communities and I'll get off my soapbox that wanted to defund the fund and, and get rid of cops are now the same communities that oh, we need more cops. Yeah. And it's just, it baffles me. I know cops need to have body cameras tell suddenly body cameras showed we were telling the truth. 99.9. Yeah, absolutely. Now we got to do away with body cameras. Yeah. You're right. No, it's in a we're in a political nightmare in our country right now. And I mean, look, you know, I'm about to refill my uh, my pickup truck here. You know, I last month it cost me 107 bucks. I'm terrified what's going to cost oh. me today. Uh, I'm trying to see if I have enough credits on my Safeway shopping account to get a discount. Hold, down hold on, somebody's whispering in my ear, Buck. I have to. Oh, it's Trump's fault. Did I say that? Okay. <laughs> 
No, somebody was okay. All right. <laughs> See, I thought it was Putin all this time. I can't keep track of it. Good lord. Oh yeah, uh, it's 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 insanity. Yeah. And you know the worst thing about this, and because I, I told you what I do now, I, I I work a lot in getting first responders help they need. But when you and I were, thank you. When when you and I were, you know, you're a little older than me, but not much. I mean, when you and I were doing this job, when we started out, we didn't have social media and we didn't have all these outlets of communication that are constantly barraging brave men and women who serve, not just, you know, law enforcement, but military berating them. So I think that my point is, is that that takes a mental toll. On our, on our brave men and women where they're going to get eviscerated in the media well, know, and, if and, they do something. Right. And, and it's, it's a nightmare. You know, I can remember, you know, in the 80s, I would interview all these officers who'd been involved in officer uh, confrontation, officer uh, involved shootings, you know, and we'd talk about the stressors. We talk, and this was long before we really uh, ever really recognized PTSD or any of that. You know, the officer was mm -hmm. just stressed. The officer couldn't sleep. You know, this officer, she'd tell me about, yeah, you know, killing the bad guy scared me. But the way my agency's treated me since then has been a far worse, you know, and you're like, damn. So we tried to get the administrations to focus on, you know, the, uh, you know, post-shooting incidents, how to investigate it without tra further traumatizing our people. But again, like you said, this was not, we didn't have this avalanche of critical analysis by non-expert lunatics uh, on all these Instagrams and the Twitter accounts and Facebook. And, and what's happened is, is that, you know, I read a book years ago called 1984 Redux, you know, and he, in the author's <laughs> yeah. press uh, supposition was we can never have a big brother because social media would prevent it. And I, and I, I read it and I thought, I, I just put it away. And I thought, no, social media may just be that busy screen that uh, that Smith was worried about in his apartment there in 1984, where Big Brother could watch him. And sure enough, that's what social media has become, literally Big Brother's eye in your house and in your phone and everything. And and again, the, the ability of the left or not just the left, it's a, a social activism yeah. to take chiefs down. You know, thank God for sheriffs, because they still, you know, by and large in the country, even though they're being demonized right and left, a lot of them still uh, uphold that original requirement to protect the rights of the people that the Alfred the, the Great gave them around 900 AD when he created the office of sheriff, you know, and these guys, these gals, they're still living up to that. Thank goodness we have that. But if sheriffs ever become appointed, uh, well, there will be no one left to stand up for yeah. the rights of law enforcement. So where do you think we're, we're and again, a big question, uh, let's talk about mental health and things like that. Um, where do you think, I mean, do, do you think we've gained some ground in this area, you know, with mental health? Cause things, things were a lot different when you and I got on the job. I, I think yeah. we've made some strides, but in my opinion, and I, I want to hear yours, sir. Uh, you know, I think we still have a lot of work to do because you mentioned it before. I mean, some of these admins that like to, you know, talk the talk, they don't walk the walk. Not at all. You know, and that's the thing I was very for. And I, and I like, I'll say this, look, my, my our department psychologist was Dr. Uh, Kevin Gilmartin. I mean, oh, like, I, he, I, like I the guru, Gilmartin. <laughs> you know, th this guy, he's the, you know, he's the, you know, the George Washington, he's the, you know, you pick it, you know, he's the patent oh, yeah. uh, police, you know, uh, mental uh, wellness. And the thing was, you know, it, there was no stigma in my agency, you know, DPS, 
if you went to see him, you know, and that's the thing. Uh, we, we've had a hard time overcoming that stigma. Some agencies still have it. Uh, and, and I got to say this also, I think there's a huge cadre of inefficient and not very sharp psychologists out there. The Gil Martins who are out there advocating and, uh, and really preaching the, the, the good news about how, you know, being, getting healed and getting and recovering and you can get well, absolutely. You know, uh, for every, for every couple Gil Martins, there's some goofball that just is, can't heal anybody because they, mm-hmm. uh, they want to just, yeah, you know, let's come back next Thursday and talk again, you know, yeah. and, uh, you, you, you go, Martin's like, okay, let's get you well right now, you know, cause I got, you know, I got a big fly fishing here in two hours. So let's go, <laughs> you know, man, get well. Well, the thing that makes Kevin so special and you know, this Dave is, is that he, he he's not only an excellent uh, clinician, but he's also been there. He's a deputy. He, he's been he, there. he, he was in law enforcement. So yeah. I remember it made me think about, you know, when I, cause I, I, I got some therapy. I mean, I think everybody deserves therapy. Everybody oh. needs it at one point. But I remember the first therapist I went to and God bless her. I mean, she's a young kid and, and I had her crying and I was like, are you, am I here to help you? Or are you here to help me? I mean, um, I mean, I can, you want to lay on the couch so we can, we can talk about your stuff. But, uh, I, I, you know, that, that breeds trust from the get-go when you have Kevin Gilmartin up there, Dr. Gilmartin, who is says, look, I've been there. I've been in the trenches. I've, I've, I've been in law enforcement for a number of years. And then immediately the first responder, at least in my opinion, is saying, okay, I, I trust this guy. Because that's the hardest thing, Dave, you know that. I mean, first right. responders, we're a tough crowd. We don't want to open up to anybody. But if it's right. another first hike. responder. Right, right. He's done it. He's had the backpack on. He's had the hike and he's done the mountain, you know, and that's the thing. And that, that's what's so great about him. You know, I, I always think back, you know, he you know, here I are sitting in his, uh, his office telling me to grow up in essence, you know, and he's putting a, putting the <laughs> locus of control for, on me, you know, and, and every time, you know, I ever had a dealing with him for me, it was exactly what I needed to hear, you know, that kind of, uh, yeah. uh, of analysis. It's a tough love, man. It's a, it's it's a tough a... love. And like you said, he knows what you got going on and what the root of it is. Yeah. You know, when he would come up to our academy, when I was the skills and proficiency up there, the Arizona Law Enforcement Training Academy, he'd come in, a, he had a four-hour block on on Wednesday afternoon. Now, I don't know if this is a family-friendly show, so if your kids are listening, cover their ears. <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> the Gil Martin, Earmuffs gang, Gil Martin's four-hour block was, this is all bullshit and everyone's an asshole. Yeah. And he took these cadets, and we would, the staff would just, we put him in the amphitheater with the cadet class and the whole staff would just sit there and laugh for four hours and think he's so right. Yeah. And he would take you from that transition from being that hopeful young crime fighter to the cynical old prick in the back of the room. Yeah. And, and everybody knew that cynical prick. And that's the thing he would, he could defuse that cynicism with his, with his counseling. And he was excellent at that. Yeah. And that's, that's the a- thing. Boy, when emotional survival and if, and guys, gals if you don't have emotional survival in your library you need to get, get it. it it's get an, it. it's an easy read it's a short read uh we know cops can't read but you can you can you can you can do this it, it's a very <laughs> you know it's not, it's right. not we need to do the graphic novel emotional <laughs> survival <laughs> well and i and, and dave i tell people to to what you're talking about and you know that okay you're in you, you are a unique individual dave smith so am I, you know, you are loved, you are supported by many, but your problems aren't unique. 
All right. Oh, I was in a shooting. I was in a stabbing. Okay. That's horrible. But people have gone through those. People can help you with those people like Gil Martin and other people, they can help you through those. So you're not an Island is what I tell people. I mean, you can't do it alone. And that's the hardest thing. It took me a long time to, to put my ego aside and, you know, put my fear aside and, Oh, what are people going to think about me? I'm at a point now, Dave, where I don't give a shit what people think about me. I put it out there and the people that need to be in my life are going to be in my life. The people that don't are not there. I know the older I get, the more of a old kids get off my yard. Anyway, so you know, uh, (laughs) the thing is that, you know, we cops, we do, we get a, I mean, cause you know, we, you know, that famous uh, saying, you know, no, nobody's calling a cop when they're having a good day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. We see the darkest side. We all have that gallows or that mortician's humor, whatever you want to call it. You know, nowadays the trouble is we get in trouble for it. You know, what is a coping mechanism? It's the only way you can cope. Uh, You know what? You see things that, you know, we know this. And how many times have you read in in any given five-year period, a law enforcement officer will see more trauma and tragedy than a person sees in their whole lifetime, you know? And then we're shocked when they, they're cynical. We're shocked when they're emotionally uh, disturbed and they can't sleep and they're having, it's like, oh man, you understand this attacks the very root of our humanity. And that's why I'm glad, you know, we're seeing these organizations start now that are really reaching out that are telling, because like you said, there's a trick. Our, our brain does a terrible trick on us to think, you know, we're all alone. Yeah. And no one understands me. No one could possibly know what I know or feel what I know. And no one's ever. And that's always a trick that, yeah. that that's a horrible trick. Our brain plays on us. Yeah. People have been every human being has it's life is an adventure life. Every human being's life is that way. Absolutely. And cops are in the midst. I mean, we're the ones going into the belly of the whale. I mean, our, ours is the hero's path. I don't yeah. care what anybody says, man, when you choose the <laughs> warrior's path, it's pure, the heroic path all the way, man. Yeah. I love it. Now, now let's switch it up. Let's talk about something fun because for a few minutes, I, I, how did you come up with the persona of Buck Savage? Buck Savage. You know, it's funny. Cause I always liked doing comedy when I, you know, uh, when I was in college, you know, my roommate and I at the university of Arizona invented a character called a man. We were in the traditions club and we would, uh, before football games, basketball games, you know, we go do these skits where I'd play the evil mascot from the other team. And my, and my, uh, buddy, uh, Trethway, who's it's not was, hard to imagine that. It's with so you, Dave. funny because Steve Trethway, his brother became one of America's <laughs> top gang investigators, period. He's the one that took the angels down, uh, hell's angels down. So Steve's brother chess, we do these things. We do comedy and everything. So I did radio and I had a ball. So I'm sitting there in training, uh, 1980, sitting in the training bureau, and I go, you know, it'd be fun <laughs> if we could just put a, a little humorous safety tip in our training quarterly. You know, the training quarterly is boring as hell. And let's do this little training tip, 60 seconds. Let's just make it a commercial. And being a good bureaucracy, like this, every state is, you know, the answer is no, nope, 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 nope. You know, that, that, that's Parkinson's old concept of uh, bureaucracies yeah. become filled with no men, you know, no women. He's like, nope, nope. There's no, there's no cost. There's no liability and no problem. No. So I'm like, oh, so I use the power of positive annoyance. I kept saying, you know, you know, so, so uh, now my boss that we got a new director from Phoenix, Ralph Milstead. Now he was a power lifter. 
and uh he was a real character very in fact he's a brilliant brilliant guy and we're sitting there in the gym one day and i said boy i'd like to do something funny he's kind of well write it up i go well, i have it doesn't get past right over there and he goes well write it up and take it to me so youngsters don't do that okay i'm gonna say this there is a chain of command for a yes. reason and the thing is learn to sell your idea because when you do that oh yeah you get to do it but i'll say this i had kernels that boy it took years for us to become uh on talking terms again because i was in admin bureau and i'm in a highway patrol uniform and the highway patrol colonel didn't have any say and i'm gonna say this he was a not a shy man so he comes up to me i'm in the gas pumps of the main compound there in phoenix filling up my administrative vehicle and he comes up and he proceeds you know that old saying you know uh punish in private praise yeah 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 he had it completely backwards somehow. I don't know that. But boy. Uh, and he, and I'll say he's a, Larry Thompson is a good man. And I, when I left that agency uh, years later, we were, we were friends, but uh, that day, and I understand, you know, that's the whole thing. You know, I was young, I was excited. I was yeah. funny and I wanted to do this, you know, but uh, the, the chain of command exists for a reason. And, uh, you know, I never, ever thought about clearing the uniform. Uh, but then before long, you know, Buck Savage is I've got oh, brass took, and all the took, videos. Took it's everywhere. I'm doing it's everywhere. I know they're inviting. They're writing. They're writing the director. The other agency said, can Buck Savage speak at our graduation? You know, and I'm getting these orders to go to Denver. You know, <laughs> I'm going up to Cheyenne. You know, I'm like, what the heck? You know, and so I would do this little oh, shtick, you know, and it was fun caliber press saw. Yeah, i was gonna say caliber press uh, Next thing you know, i know i'm doing streets tactical about. edge yeah 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 we'll see i helped write that with with uh ramsberg and dave tracy you know chuck i you know we sat there and i brought all of my uh my coaching theory which is sports psychology today and all that stuff to it you know and the thing that was so funny you know milstead I'll never forget when I got this request to start doing the street survivals. And I, you know, now I did want to get the director's permission because I want to take a leave of absence for a while and, and do it seriously for a year. And he just said, look, absolutely. You just make sure that you advertise DPS and that see, and that's yeah. the thing. I know so many people aren't allowed to even show their uniform or do anything. But, yeah. But Tom Milstead, he had a firm belief and he wanted everybody to know we, we had the top, uh, at that time, we had the top video unit in the United States. You know, we go to the Law Enforcement Video Association Conference. You know, I felt like a damn rock star, you know. <laughs> and that's the thing. We just, uh, Milstead was a great visionary, you know, and uh, boy, um, died way too young. And yeah. that's the thing. But his son became the director a few years ago, and uh, he's, he's retired now, too uh frank milstead but I, i'll just say this you know that i that that buck savage was something i started i just wanted to do it and it let it changed my life i mean literally it opened the door for me because i could insert my own serious training into a in a comedic concept you know i took the 10 deadly sins you know yeah. failure to watch the hands you know watch the hands crime fighter you know and uh you know and but like one day the uh, number two guy over at maricopa county attorney's office calls me and says buck needs to go to a court so we got saw drunk, arrested, same, you know, all these sayings that have become so ubiquitous in law yeah. enforcement is funny, you know.
Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny and it, I mean, it opened up the doors, but you were continue, you're continuing to give back to the law enforcement community by well, providing them training and education in a funny and humorous way, but you're still giving back. And that's what it's about. And, you know, it's, it's about, you know, giving back, you know, to the, to the profession that was so good to you and was still yeah, was good to you when you started yes, out, because that's what it's only, about. That's serving. I have very few attitude. adult friends. Yeah. I, I have very few adult friends that aren't law enforcement. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, this is the whole thing. My whole adult life, I graduated from college two weeks later, I'm in the Academy, you yeah. know, and that's the thing we, it is a calling. It's mm. not a job. You know, some people are, are hired and they're looking around what to do, but I got to say this, even those people, I think the first time they hit the street, you know, they're like, okay, this is it. You know, those people that never convert, you know, I think they leave it. I don't think yeah. they stay with it, you know? Yeah. And that, again, I'm not counting the people who get burned out and just leave to save their lives, you know? Yeah. Uh, some people do that. And I understand, you know, again, we don't know. I don't, I haven't experienced what they did or saw what they did. Yeah. Everybody has their own path and everybody carries their own baggage. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And I'm just, and we talked about this, you know, thank God, uh, Dave, that there are still brave men and women everywhere that are still getting into this great profession because I mean, I don't think they're getting into it in the droves that you and I remember, but they're still getting into it and God bless them because you know, you're not going to get rich doing this job. Like you said, it has to be a calling and you have to be willing to go out there, especially in this day and age. Well, that's the other thing in this pseudo intellectual drive to destroy the reputation of law enforcement to destroy the reputation of the people who go into law enforcement. This uh, it's really, it's boy, it's false witnessing used to be a sin. Now it's a regular uh, uh, asset with some of these damn people. And it pisses me off. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm still going all over the country training and, you know, I'm going to tell you, you could take a cop in Wyoming and put him in, in, uh, uh, Florida tomorrow. And once you teach him the criminal code and you could take the uh, Florida oh, gal oh. and put her in Wyoming, you know, that's the thing we're, we're very interchangeable, but you know, there's some different cultural things you'll see and certainly the terminologies and some yeah. of that, but cops are cops. And that's the thing that I love about it, you know, yeah. and they're very they're courageous. Number one, that doesn't mean they don't have fear, but they go over the fear and go out and do the dang job. You know? Yeah. It was amazing. I was up in DC a couple of weeks back for police week, uh, national police week. And you know what it is and, and law enforcement from around the country. And we're just sitting there and it's like, we've known each other. We just have that instant connection, which is something that you don't get a lot, maybe the military, but definitely in law enforcement and the first responder community, you know what you know what I'm talking about. You have that instant bond in most cases right. and an instant connection because it doesn't matter where you work, you're exactly. a brother or sister in blue. Exactly. A same a sense of family. Exactly yeah. right. A sense yeah. of family. Exactly right. Yeah. And it's powerful. And that's gotcha. the thing. And that's a gift. I mean, that's a great thing. I think that's one of the things that when you're getting ready to retire, folks, you know, just think about how do you're going to maintain contact? Because I think the unhappiest retirees i know they're they're still mad at that guy that gave him a day off 10 years oh, ago but geez. they haven't Get connected over. they haven't stayed connected with their friends yeah, yeah. Get over you it. <laughs> Get over it. Get over it. Well, I, I, I am very let helpful. it go. Yeah, let it go. I'm very helpful for the future. Maybe I'm just naive, but we will come back stronger than ever. I believe so. Yes. Dave Smith, uh Buck Savage. Hey, sir, I know you're all over the internet you're all over the place you're like an international superstar 
if people wanted to reach out to you, what's or, or find you, what's the easiest uh, location or venue? I, it, I tried to make it as easy as possible, you know. And that thing was, but like for instance, guys, when when uh, the internet started, I kept trying to get my own Buck Savage uh, email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, ridiculous, you know. Betsy go, well, try the Buck Savage, and I got that. All right, so then, but what we decided then we got the domain BuckSavage.com or JDBuckSavage.com. And that goes right to our website. And then it's, we got our emails and our phones right there now. And that's the thing, you know, uh, I don't know how much longer we'll keep our phone numbers there. Cause I had to get a steel door <laughs> after a couple of Betsy's interviews, but we'll see what happens there, but that's easy. I'm easy to get a hold of. And Betsy, my boss, my wife, you know, I was a Lieutenant, so I've, I've had the surgeries. Okay. And so I married a Sergeant. I got that direct supervision. It's all really good to go, man. Good to go. Dave Smith, God bless you, sir. Thank you for what you continue to do for our brave men and women. Thank you for your service. It was an honor having you on the show. Thank you, and keep up the great job, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast. For more strategies for self-improvement and resources based on today's episode, be sure to head to cjevolution.com. You can also connect to Patrick directly on social media at Pat underscore Fitzgibbons with any questions, comments, or concerns. We look forward to helping you find more personal success on the next episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast.